Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week, we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Welcome back to another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. Hope everyone is doing well, feeling great, feeling blessed. Super energized to be here with you guys. And of course, have another guest on this amazing podcast. And what better way to come back and have a conversation on motherhood? You guys remember my episode, Motherhood is Not a Hallmark Card. And I know we've touched on different topics of motherhood, but I have another badass mom here who is doing her thing. Raising a Boy of Color, also a podcaster. So you guys have to check out her podcast because, you know, there's not only one podcast in this world. There's several for everyone. Therefore, let me formally introduce Erica St. Louis is a creative freelancer, strategist and podcaster with nearly 10 years of experience in marketing, communication and digital strategy. She provides branding and digital strategy to support the Switch and Board and its clients. It's a new agency. I looked it up. They're great with people who want studios for podcasting, etc. They do all the work. So check Switch and Board out, guys. In the fall of 2018, she launched the M Word podcast to share the deep truths of motherhood and to elevate the sisterhood of moms around the world. She's a captivating speaker who is able to create meaningful connections with people from all walks of life. This is largely attributed to her upbringing in Montreal, Quebec. Yes, we talked about Canada. Yes, shout out Canadians. <laughs> I'm trying to go to Canada myself, but anyways, <laughs> as a second generation Canadian, in her quiet time, she could be found listening to a podcast or watching a frontline documentary or spending time with her munchkin who's so super cute. You got to check Thank you. <laughs> so welcome, Erica. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show. I feel like a little like, like celebrity, like, oh, I've been invited to be oh, on this no. podcast. Oh my gosh. At your page. So I love it. The motherhood, we have to keep like connected with it. Yes. Absolutely. And I love that you're just so like, so excellent with your podcast and you cover such diverse topics and you're so real and I just love what you're doing. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So let's get into this. I had launched an episode on motherhood is not a Hallmark card and we were having like a preemptive conversation, but motherhood is not a Hallmark card and parenting. And being a woman in this world leads to so many different emotional factors, whether you are with the father of your child, not with the father of your child, how you were brought up, your upbringing, and then your baggage, your baggage alone. <laughs> Sis, it brings a lot into how you parent your child. A whole, a whole lot. And you don't know that all of that is involved in parenting until you become a parent. Absolutely. So tell me about your journey. Know. Tell me about my journey. (laughs) Goodness, my journey. Okay, so I've always wanted to be a mom. I've always wanted to be a mom. Like I'm that girl that grew up like with a lot of a lot of cousins around, a lot of younger cousins, older cousins. So uh, my family's from the Caribbean. My my dad's from Trinidad. My mom's from Saint Vincent. But I pretty much grew up mostly around my Trini family. So I'm like Trini, Titty Bone, yes. And so yeah, but there were like always always babies around, and all my little cousins. I would just always pick them up and take care of them, and and look to change their diapers and stuff. So that I think I was chosen by God, the universe, whatever, as like. You are a person who has that 
I, I will naturally give you that motherly thing, like from the beginning, before you become a mom. I think I think moms like become like after you have a baby, even if you didn't want to have a baby, you that motherly instinct, all that stuff kicks in. But I do think for some people, they just kind of have it before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, they just have it. So I was one of those people. But I, I always wanted to have a baby. And so I actually was married. This is my second marriage that I'm ending. But um, I was married before, like when I first moved here to, to the United States, I was married. And then in that marriage, I had a miscarriage. And so in the second marriage, how everything actually really worked out was like, I got pregnant. I'm just going to give you like the real, real. Okay. Like yeah. there's no like, Sugarcoating, pretending. No, like the real is we were dating, having a great time, like really good friends. It was all good. I get pregnant. I was working for a conservative Christian organization. I was like, and like both of us. Yeah. So there was that. And then like just both of us come from cultures that really they place a high value on two parent households. And and we both ourselves like really place a value on that. And so we were like, you know what? Like we've been dating for a year now, let's like, okay, we're pregnant, but like, we didn't plan this, but you know what? Like things seem to be going well. Like, let's just go for it. So yeah, we like planned a wedding in six weeks. Like it was like a whole thing. So I was like, uh, what, I had a shotgun wedding. Yeah. I had, a, I had a beautiful, gorgeous shotgun wedding. I was, I think like 20 weeks pregnant or 25 weeks, weeks pregnant, like when the wedding came around. So I was a pregnant bride in a purple dress because I was like, okay, this is my second marriage. I'm pregnant. (laughs) I'm not wearing white. (laughs) I'm not wearing white. I'm not doing that. So anyways, long story short, like that was my journey to becoming my mom. So it was kind of like, I was like, it just, it just came on me. It it sprung upon me. And even though I love babies and want to become a mom, it was a very emotionally turbulent up and down experience because I was like, what the heck? Like, I mean, I just started dating this guy, like it was a year in and we both were like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? But then I was also like, I didn't, this is just like not the vision that I had of how I would have my first child. Like it just didn't align at all. So I think for a while throughout my pregnancy, I was adjusting to, I was just like this shift in my life that was brand new, that was totally unexpected. And I just had to like pivot and and figure it out. I was more focused on that. I wasn't like, oh, this baby and I love being pregnant or whatever. I like wasn't that. And I thought that I would be that woman. Like that's the vision that I had in my mind. But like the real thing, like just didn't happen that way. And that's something that I talk about on my podcast. Like we have this vision in our minds of what it would be like to be a mom, but then the reality is so different, right? Oh, so, so, so different. You think, and this is why I said, it's not a Hallmark card. It's like people picture it to be like, oh my goodness, motherhood is the best thing to slice bread. After you post that Instagram picture, you're yelling at your kid after that because you're pissed off about yelling. Or it took you five times to even take that picture that you want to post. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For real. Um, because you're finicking, you're... And, you're just going through the emotions and in right. my pregnant autopilot, emotions, autopilot, the pregnant emotions, the postpartum emotions, which are tr- are genuine. If that was not how you planned it or perceived how it should be, because everything shows you, oh my goodness, the belly and it's pretty and it's cute and I'm happy and this and that. And we live together. Like, I mean, the, the thing is like when we, like when I found out I was pregnant, like we were living in two different places, you know, yeah. we were just literally dating. So it was like, oh my gosh, like our lives have submerged. Like what? So like, honestly, it was, it was really a lie. And I feel that I didn't fully like, 
soak in enough. And I guess maybe most moms feel this way. Like you don't have time to get enough your time of like, oh, I'm a mom, this new thing. I, this thing I always wanted, but I did find moments to reflect on, okay, here's where I am. And what am I going to do about it? I remember after Eric was born, I was very like literally the first night I was, I was having my own like panic attack in my head, but like Russ, my husband was like sleeping like next to me and like Eric was in the little thing. And, but in my head, I was just like freaking out because I was like, what have I done? Like, I didn't, I didn't plan this. I didn't plan this. This baby's here. I have to literally be responsible and raise him and like get all of my crap together on the inside to raise this kid, like at least till he's 18. Oh my gosh, what did I do? And so I was just feeling like, oh my, I was, I don't know. I was just in this like, fog of like, what have I done for the first like several nights? And then my gratitude and my excitement about everything was really about was gratitude towards the midwives and the nurses Mm -hmm. that helped me deliver. Mm -hmm. Like I was on that high for a while. It wasn't a high of like, I have a baby. He's here. He's great. But it was really like the power of women. Mm -hmm. power, not just of a woman who gives birth, but the power of the woman around her who supports her to give birth, which is like what I thought was an incredible thing. And so that was the thing that kind of like the thought that kept me for like the first month. The midwife also really told me, she said the, the, the following three months after you have a baby is your, is the fourth trimester. And so you have to, is the fourth trimester, but also the first 40 days is your lying in period. And so you want to just everyone has to serve you. You want to literally, if you just want to be in bed for 40 days and only leave to take a shower or to use the bathroom, like that is okay. And so that helps me ease into like the first month of being a mom of breastfeeding, like this whole new life that I was living. The words from the midwife at the hospital, like really helped me. And so I will say just to kind of like quickly summarize, like my journey is like the first part I felt was very bumpy because it wasn't what I expected. And I was just, I was just in shock, quite honestly, the whole time. I was just trying to figure out how to feed him and make all this stuff work. But now I'm, now I I really am feeling the the power of motherhood. I really believe that motherhood is a place of power. Mm -hmm. And now I'm starting to feel or, or see, see and feel the power that is within motherhood. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that power and that power that you feel or that we feel as a mother. And for me, I would say that power is in the choices that I've made in life, in my strength to be resilient when when I've had to face adversities. And the adversity of not being with his father was a big thing as a parent, as a doctor after so many years. And how do you reparent your child? How do you show up properly as a mother when you're all over the place? And when Mm you feel a hot mess, Mm -hmm. you don't want to talk to anyone, you don't want to associate with anyone, but that power comes within when you still have to cook, clean, feed them, close them, change them, take them to babysitting, go to work, do whatever you have to do. And take care of yourself and still still exist in this world as a full human being. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's. I just think that's just such a, motherhood is just so complex, right? It's like, you're doing all these things. But the power part that I see is that like multiple things. One, mothers are, they sh- they're shaping characters. They're shaping people. Mothers are the ones that really like shape children into who they are going to be, their behaviors, their habits, their routines, what they value, how they move in the world. And I think that's such a powerful thing to have an influence over a a future adult. I mean, that's literally what it is. We are forming a future adult, like 
as best as we can, right? And and of course, your child is individual, so they're going to express themselves and, and come out the way that they need to come out. But who they are and who they become is largely based on what we what we put in front of them, what decisions that we make, all of that. And and I I think that is such a powerful thing to have that type of authority Mm -hmm. over somebody, right? It's like, it's like an automatic authority that's been given to a mom to instruct, to teach, to guide, to mold, to shape. Wow. Like if you think about your boss or you think about, yeah, if you think about your boss, like they have some power over you to, get your work done or whatever, but they really don't have, they they don't have that ultimate thing of like shaping you and and molding you. They do not. But you as the mother of your child, you have that. And the thing about it, I think is like, it's not just for right now or until your child's 18. It's literally for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Moms are shaping their kids for the rest of their lives. Cause even when like, I'm at the stage where I do, my parents are still parenting me, but I'm sort of like looking at how they parented me more deeply now, right? Like now I'm looking at how they parented me and I'm taking that and I'm like, okay, what of that do I want to keep? And what of that do I want to like throw away? Right. right? And that's what, that's, that's another like power of motherhood. It's like, you literally are in a position to make really big decisions about someone's life. Right. And And then show up as that parent and you show up as that parent. And I think even like, extending the idea of like motherhood even further, like out into society, we're shaping all these little people. Like you're shaping your son. I'm shaping my son, but like, ultimately we're shaping a society. Mm-hmm. We're shaping communities, right? Like we're shaping a whole conglomerate of people. And I don't know, I think when moms come together and they share and they talk about their experiences and they talk about what type of future that they want to see for their children and more of us come together and more of us start aligning and talking about the same things that we need to see happen in our community, that's when we see big changes start to shift. Oftentimes big movements and big changes that happen behind the scenes. Moms are pl- moms play a huge role in that. They just never get the credit, but they do play a huge role in that. They hold things down. Like they bang on doors. They make stuff happen. Think about that. The spirit of the mama bear, right? Like the spirit oh, of the mama bear. Beyonce and Tina. <laughs> right? Like the spirit of the mama bear, it's like, that's like an energy of force that no, like if you're not a mom, you just don't have that. And it's this protective thing. It's this thing that exists that that just comes on when your child is in danger, when your child needs to be protected or another child needs to be protected. Yeah. See, I think that's the beautiful thing about motherhood too, is that you're a mom, not just for your child, but you're also a mother for, for all other children. Yes. It's like you see your, your, well, when your child gets older and has friends, you'll see that. Like with my son's Mm -hmm. friends, because he's, he's going to be 16. You know, his friends, like I take on that role. Like, did you do your schoolwork? Where's your jacket? I don't see your jacket. It's cold outside. Are you bugging? Go back out, go back in the house, go get a jacket. And then I'm going to dry come out. Right. Exactly. That community conversation, even myself and working with kids and as, um, Teenagers, my staff have have joked around. They're like, you're like the mama bear with the kids. I'm like, where are you going? What you, what what are you wearing? Like nobody wants to see all that. Like put on a shirt, put on a proper shirt, put on some jeans. I don't want to see your thighs. <laughs> you wear right, exactly you on that role wherever you go with your family, your nieces, your nephews, your little cousins, etc. Where you just put on that role, yeah. yeah. And I think that's especially true for moms of color, Latina moms, Black moms, like Indian moms, like. Cultures that are more collectivist, like ours, or the Caribbean and the uh, and the Latina, like 
yeah, very, we're very much about like raising all the children and keeping all the kids in line and, and just making sure, because we, we see, we see the children going out into the world collectively, right? right? They, they're going out into the world as like, as a generation, as a group of them. And we're like, we just want to make sure this generation is not jacked up. We just want to make sure like, we got to correct some things mm-hmm. and moms are well positioned to correct some mistakes in society, to correct some awful things that exist in society. Like we have the power to do that. And that's why I think motherhood is a place of power. It is a place of power. And I think you hit on something on, on like that community piece, especially like in the Caribbean culture and mothers of color, that is important. And the only caveat to that is that what I've seen is that the younger generation has kind of removed themselves little by little by little from community building without understanding how community is important. And like, you know, parents used to say it takes a village to raise. Yes. That is so true, though. You you could think about I grew up in Washington Heights, walking down the neighborhood. If I did something or I was talking to a boy, my mother knew before I went upstairs, like my mom was Mm -hmm. like, so told me that you were in the corner, you were talking and you passed your school time. It's like, what the yeah, heck? yeah, all the spies, <laughs> <laughs> all the spies, or people that like, didn't your parents say to go back upstairs? Like with my brother, like I would imagine when, oh my god, my parents were so rugged. They would call my brother outside the window, Richard, Kevin, get upstairs. Everybody be like, yo, your parents. Oh, they would call out the window. Yours was one of those parents. Oh my oh, god. Oh, I know. Oh, I with some belt out the window like upstairs you're like oh you know what that means exactly right. we gotta yeah. go mom and dad why would you do this <laughs> yeah that's one of those things they're like we'll probably leave that one out <laughs> from this iteration of mothering oh yeah <laughs> oh but like at the same time like those are good stories they're funny yeah back now and it's like that was funny and it shows you it's funny because it shows you how much like a mother cares for her child for real, for real, you know, like the protection, the protective, like instinct that she has over her children. Like she'll, she doesn't care who's around. She doesn't care who's watching. She'll open the window and scream as loud because her kids safety, her, her kids obeying her, all of that is like more important than anything else more important than saving face and all of that stuff. So you see other parents walking down the street when they're nightgown looking for their kid. You're like, oh, your, your mama looking for you. Your mama's looking for you. You don't say, they don't care. Right. Out in. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's way past curfew. Got to come home. It's part of a community, though, where people kind of tell you, your son is over here, your daughter's over here, or this is what's happening. And yes. it's important. And I, I know I was sharing that with you earlier before we recorded that community was so important and it is still important. And for me, I value the community that I have of moms because we can vent and vomit and be like, I'm I'm about to call a case on myself. Yes. (laughs) We can talk each other off of it. And when you're feeling frustrated, then I can be the sounding board and vice versa. And we need that. Yes, we do need that. And being able to like, I love the mom friends that I have. And a lot of the close mom friends that I have, like they are this type because I don't know. You just have to be like, I can text you at 1 a.m. or call you at midnight or whatever. Like if, if I know that you're up, mm-hmm. cause like you're probably up. A lot of my mom friends have young kids. And so they, they're always complaining about like at midnight is when I'm taking a shower or I'm just eating out one in the morning or whatever. So I just love being able to just like, sometimes I'm sitting outside on my porch and I'm like, okay, it's like 12 o'clock right now. Who's awake? Who can I call and talk to? And just like, just to have a little pick me up. I think, and that's really why I started my podcast because I 
moms, moms love to share. First of all, I think moms really do love to share and we do share a lot of things behind the scenes, but I just wanted to create a space where we're sharing more things like, Oh, like out in the open. And one of those things is like, yeah, we have these, these moments where it's just like, you got to call a friend at midnight and talk and be like, man, I'm just, I'm struggling. Like, or I'm just getting to this. I'm feeling awful or, or whatever it is. Like moms need that. Like more than, more than people realize. Yeah. More than people realize. Moms. Yeah. Yesterday I had a, a, a zoom conference. It was for my girlfriends. Some of them I went to elementary school and middle school with another one, high school. The four of us, we've been close. It was a four hour zoom call. Wow, really? You know, everyone needed their hour of just vomiting on motherhood and just life and quarantine and what this looks like. You needed that. And it was like midnight. And then we were like, oh, I think think we got it. Wrap this up. (laughs) You know, a four hour conversation. Yeah. Just that community is so important. So yes. It really is. And I'm still figuring out like how to build it, you know, I'm still, or I'm still building it. Cause I think like probably the difference between, so your son, you said is 16 to so my son's three. So obviously there's like a gap in how times have changed. Right. And so, yeah, I think like now what makes mothering challenging is like there is community but it's a it's online a lot of it and then I mean like you have to kind of like do it online and then it eventually like becomes an offline thing but a lot of it starts online and for me I'm just like oh like I just don't always have the energy to keep up with all the messages and the the this and the that and whatever I really honestly want the old school way where it's just like I walk three doors down and yeah, I'm yeah. good friends with the mom down the street and we can talk. Like I miss, I miss that. Yeah. I don't always like having to have a FaceTime chat or like DMs and Instagram or comments or whatever. Like I don't always. You just want to disconnect from that as well. Exactly. Exactly. I often want to disconnect from that, to be honest, <laughs> even though it's like, I'm like really active and I lo- like, I love social media. I really do. But like, I also often want to disconnect from it because I think, you know what I would love for social media? This is like so total sign rent, but it's just like, it's like, this is my time for social media from 10 to 12. And then that's it. That's okay. it. Like that's the only time. And then and that's it. I'm not there yet. You could put those parameters on yourself, but we don't ever follow it. Cause I could override the parameters. <laughs> I did today. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. I did last night. Yeah. It's like, it's like two hours, five minutes up. Okay. Keep on scrolling. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Let it go. Yeah. So no, I was on a tangent there, but yeah, the community aspects I think is different in the 21st century in 2020. I do think though, that post coronavirus, post COVID-19 of 2020, because I think there's going to be a COVID-19 thing for a while, but the COVID-19 post post COVID-19 2020, I think that people are going to, I think community is going to make a comeback, like real in-person community. And because I think a big thing is like, people are like, we don't have, it's not in our culture anymore to just like show up at someone's house or to like ask if you come by at the last second. Like people don't do that. But I think now we're like, just come. Come, Anybody come over. I don't care if the dishes are overflowing. I I can do it while you play with Eric. Like it's fine. Just come, just come. I haven't heard that, but please just come. I think we're going to be so desperate for community gatherings. Yeah. For community, for physical community. 
Definitely. Physical community. Yes. So how are things now? Because I remember when my son was three, one, two, well, not really one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Your social calendar is filled with your child's social calendar. But now with COVID-19, I'm sure like all those little birthday parties have um, come to a a Zoom or have come to a I know. So yeah. how are you guys coping with that? Because that was also your escape. You get to see other moms and you're just like, go play, go. Right. We'll take this. Right. Or even daycare, like him being a daycare. Oh my God. That was like my big escape. How am I dealing? I think I'm dealing pretty well, to be really honest. I, uh, my transition to motherhood happened before COVID-19, sort of just like kind of around the same time and to single motherhood. And so that was a big, like soul shocker than anything. And so dealing with this crisis right now, like while it is challenging and it's, and it's different and all of that, like it's for me personally, it's just not the biggest thing for me because I'm like, I'm a new single mom. Like I have to process that whole thing, like birthday parties, hanging out, whatever, whatever, all of that. Like, that's cool. Like that can all wait because like right now I have to figure out how the heck do I do this alone? Yeah. How do I do this alone? And so, I mean, I think the hardest thing has been just like keeping him entertained, like constantly. And then teaching him to understand like, no, right now, like you can't, like I'm in a meeting. So right now, like you have to do something else. Like he's coming here right now into the room, (laughs) teaching him to, hey Eric, teaching him to understand that I have work to do. Like, so one thing that I started doing was like, because I said, there's no way that I could be focused on my job. There's a new job that I started. Like, mind you, I started literally a new job the, the first week of lockdown. Oh my the very first Monday of that whole thing. So it was like, oh my gosh, new job and like daycare clothes and this, that, what, what, uh, uh, uh. So what I realized is like, okay, like he needs my attention. Yes, mm-hmm. but I need to plan and, and schedule that out. And I cannot expect myself to be teaching him letters and numbers and this and that while I'm trying to navigate this new job and whatever. So I said, like, let me just be realistic and reasonable about what I can actually do. And so I said, okay, like, a couple times per week, we can have like a serious, solid 20 minute lesson, whether I'm teaching you our mailing address, whether I'm teaching you our phone number, whether I'm teaching you about the world. So like, I've been really, it's been really important for me to start teaching him about like his awareness, like street names, where he lives, cities, all of that stuff, who's related to who. And so I've just been, I've been doing that, like finding my moments where it's like, okay, this is our 20 minute session where I'm going to like teach you, instruct you, you're going to be focused. But for the other times where I can't give attention to him, I just, I, I don't. And I set him up with either an iPad or I set him up with PBS Kids or I set him up with cutting or I set him up with drawing. I already did watch PBS Kids. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, what you set me up with, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I already watch PBS Kids. Sorry. Yeah. So I do, I do that. And then, and then at night I say to myself, like, there's, there's definitely moments at night when I, after I put him down that I'm just like, this kind of sucks. Like I'm trying to stay positive. I'm trying to be that positive person during COVID-19, but I'm like, okay, this kind of sucks. Like it's, it's stressful. Like, oh my gosh, these dishes have been in the sink for days. That's not my standard or like just different things. And I would catch myself speaking to myself like this. And then I would say like, honestly, First of all, you're not the only mom no. sitting down right now thinking this exact same thing. And guess what? There's probably a mom who actually has a lot more challenging situation than you right now. 
Like, I quickly go to the moms who are homeschooling. Yeah. Three or four and five kids that are school age. I quickly go there. I go right? to moms with multiple kids, period. 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 Right. The minute you have two, three, four, it's just like, bless your heart. How can I help you at this moment? What What do you right. do for you? If I'm at your house and I know you have multiple kids, let, let me jump in. If you're hosting and I'm a guest, what do you yes. need to help? Because, right. man, you got a whole yes. spirit. You have a whole <laughs> tribe of children. <laughs> I quickly, my mind, when I start getting like, oh my gosh, this is hard or this is really difficult. Good Lord, when is this going to end or whatever? What is this going to look like? I just quickly go to the, to those moms. I think of the other moms. And I and I guess for me, like this, this idea of like the sisterhood of moms is so big to me. It's so real to me that literally like sometimes at night I think about, I'm like, okay, another mom is in this situation or another mom is dealing. You're okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal. He's three years old. You're at the beginning of this. You're early in the game. It's fine. Like I just, I just try to talk myself out of the crazy because it, you know, quickly can get there. Like, oh, this is so challenging. He's three demands a lot of attention and a lot of rearing, a lot of like molding. I feel like three is an age where you like seriously have to mold. Yes. You seriously have to mold. Because um, their characters, they will test you with their characters, but part of their characters is part of your characters you don't like. <laughs> therapist in me, sorry, but it, it's the truth. I know. It's like, I experience it on a daily. I'm like, <sighs> okay. <laughs> really, it's the part of you that you don't like. You know, today, just today, it took about two hours for him to finally obey me to take off his pull-up and go to the to his room mm-hmm. and like put on his underwear and his clothes and stuff. He like refused. Yeah, well, because it's I'm doing it at my time. He refused. Yeah. Like for two solid hours. It was a whole like back and forth. And I said to myself, I said, I'm gonna win this one. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm gonna win this one because you're three. You're not, you're entering three and a half, right? You're entering, you're approaching three and a half. And so because of that. I know that you're going to start getting even messier with your ways. So I was like, I got to like catch you, check you. I have to be firm and I have to show you that like I am the boss. And the thing is like, I'm a super soft mom. Like I am really like not the mom that's going to discipline all the children like really hardcore. Like I'm just, I'm just not. I'm the one that's like, I want to hold you and cuddle and like kiss you all the time. But today I was like, Erica, I was like, no, 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 no. Now I see why. Now I see why they acted. My parents, the Caribbean parents act the way that they act. I get it. I get it now. No, 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 no. You can't have this little child running you. <laughs> that was me this morning. Oh, yeah. Listen, at three, four, five, it gets a little better. Five, it gets better. Okay. Five, it gets better. Six, seven. You, it's a lot of like the education struggles. Did you do your homework? Focus. Six, because boys are so much more distracted than girls are when it comes to school. So they're all over the place. They could be your brightest kids, but they're all over the place because they need yeah. constant immediate gratification. They need to be busy. They need to be doing something. Yeah, they do. I'm noticing that with Eric right now. They have to like, be kept busy. Okay. Anything. And so be patient with that and also check the educational system because they tend to, especially boys of color, want to say that they have ADHD because they're too hyper or they're too distracted. Don't yeah. get to you with that. But it gets it gets a little better, right? Because okay. they develop that independence. When your child hits middle school, your child is going to be an asshole. And that's all I got to tell you. I've heard. Like, just a total asshole. Just prepare for the assholeness because that's what I've happens. I've heard that. It's true. 
Like what? Like, like what's the assholeness? It's the talking back, the thinking they know it all. Um, oh gosh. Oh my goodness. The attitude, the hormones, the, the, mm. the it's crazy. everything. How long does it last? It's middle school. Okay. And in so the freshman year, high school is better. My son is a sophomore. It's just being on top of him again with schoolwork because boys, if you let them, if you let them slack, they'll slack. Oh, wow. They'll just take the reins and be on their video game. So there's, I've put in a lot of structure in place because it's like, during, so now I- You had something about your structure. So I, when he was younger, I never, bedtime was like at eight o'clock, 7.30 bath time, was not playing with that. And he knows it. Like even till this day, he knows the times that he has to go to bed. And I found it funny because at middle school, we were kind of still doing the 7.30 and around 8.30 bedtime. And I was like, girl, your, your baby's about to be like older. Like just <laughs> like your own break too. But there was no video games during the week. And that was just something for me because I know my child because I know who he is and what video games are to him. They're absolutely Friday into the weekend. I'm okay with it. During the week, absolutely not. Yes. What about Sundays? So Sundays, it ended at an earlier time frame so that you could get prepared for school, make sure all schoolwork is done, laundry, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a routine now because of school closures, et cetera. I've allowed him to play during the week. And okay. So, cause it, what, yes. I mean, what's he going to do? Yeah, exactly. Blow, blow his brain, playing with his wanker? I Come know. on. <laughs> exactly. And then when you think about like us as employees, like, are we sitting eight hours at the desk? Like, literally, like, no, no one's expecting that right now. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's a different time. It is a different time. He knows that, but you don't start playing your video games till four o'clock. So from four to six thirty, you can play two and a half hours. So there's still some structure so that... Mm. Um, you're not, you're also not out there just free willing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that you said though, that boys, like, I love that you said that about boys. And I know sometimes this type of thing topic or like talking like this can be kind of controversial because people don't like it, but like, I'm just kind of noticing that though. Like I'm just noticing it's like, I see a difference between my friends that have girls and my friends that have boys. And it's like, how does she sit like that? Like how to, like, how does just sort of this tamer thing. And the boys is just like, Bam, 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 and just constantly having to talk to them and drag, like, just constantly. Like I told you, it was two hours to get him yeah. to go to his room to take off his pull. He knows how to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. girl, you, you, girl, you giving me flashbacks. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But that's oh, normal. So strong will. It's like I want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to do what I want to do. Be quiet. Oh, hold on one second, Eric. We're in an interview right now. We're talking about being a mom. Anyway, be quiet. Okay. He told his toys to be quiet, but not himself. You see that? Yes. Yeah. He's everybody. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, all about toys. Y'all got to be quiet. Except yeah. for me. <laughs> He's literally standing right here next to me. I was hoping he would stay downstairs watching PBS Kids with his with his three cookies no, and his goldfish. That you're talking about him, so he needs to know what you're talking about because he needs to affirm and then have a kind of conversation, drop a little knowledge, and others like I know what you were saying about me. Oh yeah, so they do. So that's the thing they do, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're giving me all the tricks. You're giving I'm me all the like foresight. Here you go. Here's like yeah. the manual. <laughs> oh yeah, they're definitely boys. Like this is this is what they are. This is who they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He's like in the background. Oh, okay, so he sounds so cute. 
I'm a <laughs> fan because it's, I, I love seeing him on your social media. It's oh my gosh, thank you. Adorable. It's, um, it's like, uh, even though having him on like my social media, like I do have those moments where I'm just like, okay, like how much of him do I want on there? Yeah. What am I going to put on there? Because yeah. like, I'm just starting to just kind of feel like, yeah, when you're like 20, how are you going to feel about that? Or will that just be so normal that it won't even be a, like, how do you feel about it? But, I don't know. But even deeper, like just, just people are, have ill intentions and stuff. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Like even me, when I have, I put my page public because doing the podcast, I'm like, you're going to see my husband. You're going to see my baby. Right. You're going to see everything. Everything. You know, I'm funny and crazy at the same time. And I just be posting just random stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you're just like, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm still working through that. Yeah. But some of the things that I've like thought about is like, so I, I I've like talked about his birthday before, but I don't anymore. So like last year I didn't mention his birthday. I sort of like after he turned whatever age it was, I think three, and then I was like, Yeah, he I have a three year old now, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't mention when his actual birthday was because I was like, that's like real key information. Like Yeah, now you're making me feel I'm um, like yesterday I posted, I'm like, on oh, me. My wait a minute right year. like you have to figure out the year like oh yeah there's some privacy and security things that i've been thinking about lately i guess now especially with like covid19 i mean not that the two are so related but there's just so much activity online yeah, you know we're all like so excited like we're all home we're all online da, 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 and it's just like okay there's a lot of bad people out there too that are that have been like you said have ill intent and so i try to be mindful of that as well when i post yeah. him I got separated from my husband. We like when this, when I would have to do interviews and stuff, it's like, okay, I'm doing an interview, like watch him, make sure he's not there at the door. Da, 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 ba, ba, ba. And it was like, that's it. <laughs> I was like, okay, let me find all my tools and gadgets to, yeah. Right. To pull that's out it. and like Loving myself. So I, I interviewed um, a high school friend of mine who I had done an episode. She's a maternal fetal nurse. And so when we were recording the podcast, I was like, bring your kids. She was like, I have to find babysitting. I was like, bring your kids. Let them stay in the living room. We'll go upstairs and record. And that's fine. And yeah. I'm a mother. I know. It's like you, to find yeah. to do Bring your baby. Like, bring it, your it, baby. It, yeah. Yeah. It is what yeah. it is. Yeah. We're yeah. a community here. I got your snacks. Do this. Watch yeah. TV. Make yourself at home. Do whatever you want to. Because that's just what it is. We have to mm. surround ourselves and be a community because it's, like I, and I keep saying it, it really is not a Hallmark card. And we go through our stuff and we have to stop judging each other. We really have to stop judging. I mean, unless, unless this parent is being abusive and neglectful, then that's absolutely, which is definitely a thing that is very real and it exists. Very real and exists. But if you like reading to your child and you allow your child to do this, or your, 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 your child is three and you're teaching your, your child about city streets, phone numbers, and a three another three-year-old is doing something to each their own. To each their own. Exactly. And that's my thing. I mean, I love I love that you said that because that is the mindset that I had coming into quarantine, coming into Loxon. I said worksheets are flying and group chats here and there, and moms are sending links to this and that and da 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 da. And I'm just like, all of this is cool and wow to those who can actually get this done all this time. Like this is amazing, you know? And I was like, okay, let me like print out a couple of these worksheets or whatever. And then like one week it was like, we did stuff. And then another week I was like, uh, okay, no, I have like this other stuff to focus on. Like, he's just going to be screen all week. Let's go. But then, but then I said to myself, 
there's other things that I could teach him. Like, cause the, the judging thing comes with, I don't know. Sometimes I think like high achieving moms are like, I don't know. There's just like some, t- there's a, there's a character type of moms, right. They're oh, like yeah. super high, strong or whatever. And like, oh, yeah. they were always like that. It's like before kids that were like that with everything, they're like that. You just love them and have to give them a lot of grace and whatever. Just like they got to give us a lot of grace. So they're like, you're not together. But yeah, like there's that pressure that I know I get from moms that are really organized or moms that are like doing again, like with the worksheets and this and that, or the colored rice and this, which are all like such cool things. And I'm super inspired by it. But I catch myself when I'm like feeling guilty that I'm not doing that stuff or I haven't done whatever, because I'm like, I just, I just, I can't like, I, I can't do that right now. That's not my reality. I don't have space in my brain for that right now. It is what it is. But what am I going to, what can I teach him that's easy and free and it doesn't take a lot out of me? And you know who I actually learned that from? I actually learned that from this Ethiopian coffee shop owner, this local coffee shop that I love to go to. He, he, I, bring, I would bring Eric with me every now and then and he would say, he would, he would challenge him or test him and he'd just say to me, push him even further. You know, you're counting, you're, you're teaching him how to count to 10, teach him how to count to 20 or see if he can go to 15 or just push him a little more. And he said, there's so much stuff that you can do with your child. There's so much teaching, opportunities for teaching and learning that are free, that are just in front of you. You don't have to print anything. You don't have to do anything. It's all right in front of you. And so that's, that's I guess, one of the ways that I'm surviving right now. The, the pandemic is like, okay, I didn't, get him to trace his D's, but I'm going to teach him Georgia Avenue where that is, or I'm going to teach him that his grandparents are from this place or whatever. I'll, I'll, right. I'll teach him that. Or I'll show him a video of steel pen and say that's from Trinidad, you know, like I'll just do little stuff like that to, imp- so I'm at least implanting some type of information about the world. It may not be the information that he's getting at daycare. That's like, numbers and letters and words and whatever, but it's like life things. But they're transferable skills at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I mean, I'm, I am doing that other stuff too, like the letters and whatever, but it's just not like all the time at this time, every day, blah, 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 blah. Like it's, it's, it's not because I'm, I'm also finding how important it is to, as a mom, like to prioritize yourself, to really recognize when you haven't, when you've been neglecting yourself for weeks, for months, whatever. And if there's like this debt that exists for not taking care of yourself, it's like, you need to clear that debt or like, or, or like not debt, but like if there's a a negative balance Mm -hmm. in your mom self-love account, like, okay, I got to make some deposits. So for the next few weeks, like you're going to be yeah, entertain you like this because mama needs to like focus or I need more chill time. So you're going to go to bed a little bit earlier or whatever. Pour on my wine and watch little fires. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Absolutely. Erica, so what, what do you want to share with the listeners with regards to your motherhood journey and what you're doing with your podcast? Oh, thanks for asking that. I think what I want to share with people is how important it is to share with each other. That's really what I want like for women to to leave this episode with, to leave my whenever they're on my page, they leave the page with that feeling of like, wow, like it's it's important to share. It's important to share the real things that you're feeling. It's important to share with each other. We are here to lift each other up, to help each other through this journey of life, and I think that moms, like the love that moms pour into kids, they also pour it into other moms. And I, and that is what I'm creating with my podcast and with my Instagram. It's just like the sharing, the storytelling, pouring into each other 
valuing vulnerability and like really putting that out there. Like that's, that's what I want to just encourage and like keep that, that train going. I, I, our generation of moms or no, the gen- the generation of moms before us, like our mothers and our grandmothers, they, they didn't do this. They, they did talk amongst themselves. You know, they did have these conversations, but they didn't go publicly and share their motherhood journey. And they didn't share their, their this and their that, you know? And I just think that it's so important to do that. I think it's important for us as women globally to know what we're all dealing with, to know how not just we're overcoming, but how we're being triumphant, how we're thriving, how we're being innovative. I think moms are incredibly innovative human beings. And I think that the more that we share like what we're doing, how we're encouraging each other, all of that, it, it will strengthen our community as a whole. And I'm just really passionate about strong communities, about women's work and healthy children, healthy, strong children. And so that's the type of content that people can expect to get from me. I also do talk a lot about like reading. So literacy is like a big yeah, thing. I know. I saw that. I yeah. And uh, like, I, I kind of haven't been sharing as much like lately this year, but like, I think going into this week, I'm going to get back on my, like sharing what's on my shelf and just kind of reading passages from books. So I, I, I started doing that a little bit towards the end of last year, because I just really think like, again, like moms, we are powerful beings. We are strong, but our minds have to be filled with multiple things, not just with diapers, not just with food, not just with schedules, not just with like your child. It has to be filled with other bits of information from a variety of backgrounds. And I think that type of thing helps us to be stronger moms. Absolutely. So where can people find you? Because I know where I can stalk you, but where can other people <laughs> find me on my personal Instagram, which is at E St. Louis. It's just E-S-T-L-O-U-I-S. And you could also follow the podcast content at, at, at the M word podcast, just at the M word podcast. <laughs> Eric wants me, to, he wants me to look in the mirror. He just put a mirror right here in front of me. Um, so yeah, that's where you can find me online. I share a lot about what Eric and I are up to, whether it's like what we're reading this week, or we have a daily devotional that we do and share parts. I of that love the African American devotional. I love that. Such a good book. Have you, do you have it? No, no, no. I just I saw it from your page, and I oh thought, my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> he is so so yeah, I shared that and yeah, I just share, you know, like now that we're going to the summer and I, I have a house, we bought a house last summer. I'm going to be doing a lot of yard work. So I'm going to be sharing like black girl outside in the yard, cutting yes. grass. Yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. That's the type of stuff that you can expect from me. So thank you so much, Erica, for spending this time and just us having such an organic conversation about motherhood, because like I said, it is not a Hallmark card, part two edition. And so we have to kind of be there for each other and support each other. We do. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, great. Thank you so much. I can't wait to hear the final episode. Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at IamBeauteousMe.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review and hit the subscribe button now.